Good evening, one and all, and welcome along to season two, episode seventy-six of the uh, UK Dallas Cowboys uh, podcast. Uh, today we are reviewing the events of the Browns game. As you can see, we're joined by regular regular members of the team, Mr. Paul Stewart. Uh, hi ho, Mr. Rich Jones. Howdy, and the very wonderful and Texas A&M's very finest of alumni, Mr. Rob Phillips from the Dallas Cowboys media team. How are things, Rob? They're going good. They're going. I saw the Longhorn on your sweatshirt, and I was like, oh, man, just another reminder. My Aggies lost again over the weekend. But, hey, you know what? As I said before we went on the air, it's been a rough, it's been a rough few days for all Texas football teams lately, including, including our Dallas Cowboys, huh? Yeah, oh, that's yeah. kind. <laughs> That's very kind. So, yeah. yeah. I'm still lost for words. Yeah, just. I got, I'm not going to like you, Brian. I'm going to try not to swear in this one. <laughs> I'll try. Emphasis on the try, all right? <laughs> well, well, Richard, you, so long as you drop in your own famous catchphrase, we'll, we'll allow you away with not swearing. Oh, that'll happen. <laughs> so, um,. Anyways, we are here to discuss the events of the weekend. So the Cowboys lost 38-49. We're now 1-3 and three on the season. So what's everyone's take on how the season has gone so far? Uh, yeah, that says it all. <laughs> it really does. Yeah. yeah. Like, so much high expectation like with the new coach and staff and don't get me wrong. I'm actually still kind of happy how we're put, like we're putting points on the board, but just everywhere else across the field, I'm just like, oh, it just feels like I just want to drink to my early grave. <laughs> Rich, a similar, I'm, similar yeah, for yourself, just, yeah. Just expectations up there, realities down there, and <laughs> the liquor cabinets that way. So it's just, I, I, I genuinely don't know what to add. It's so. Lackluster on anything other than basically Dak throwing a ball is ridiculous. And Rob, what's what's the feeling like out in out in Dallas at the moment? Um, it's been a lot of it's been a lot of bad vibes going around on Twitter in the last couple of days. Like, what's your own feel on things? Yeah, I think the liquor cabinet's been a pretty common thing for a lot of people on Twitter lately. Um, it's been it's been a rough day on social media the last two days for the Cowboys. And you know what? I mean, rightfully so. You know, Stephen Jones, the Cowboys chief operating officer, was on the local radio here, 105.3, and, and the fan and said, all the criticism that we're getting right now is deserved. And, and it, you know, it is. I mean, uh, one in three and, you know, the – a common storyline starting in the season was, well, it's a new scheme. It's a new coaching staff. They didn't have an off season and all that's true. And yeah. I do think it's, it's impacted their, you know, their chemistry and how, you know, efficient they've been on the field, but they just got beaten and, and, and allowed 50 points almost to a Cleveland Browns team. That's got a new coaching staff and didn't have an off season either. So uh, I don't think you can use that anymore as, as a reason why, and uh, there's there's a lot of issues, but I think probably defense, not probably defense starts is the first one, and it's you know they've got to find a way to fix it. But it's not all on the defense; it's also not having complimentary football right now. Mm -hmm. So just just before we jump into the game, anyway, we'll just give you the injury update. So obviously, over the weekend, the news broke that um, 
Lyle Collins is out for the season. Uh, today we found out that Joe Looney is looking like two to three weeks and possibly longer. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had some players cut, so Brandon Carr has been cut and Alex Light has been cut. And Greg Sinat has been taken on from the Browns practice squad. So, Of all teams. <laughs> yeah. It's like, hey, you guys are better than us. You got anyone going free? Oh, okay, we'll have him. <laughs> Jesus. Fill the points today, Richards. Yeah. Man. Y- yeah, they've... Um... You know that that's the offensive line is just constantly in flux. You know, um, I think they, I thought they were optimistic about Lyle coming back, but uh, they're just going to have to, you know, deal with life without him for the rest of the season. It looks like, and uh, yeah, Looney. Now you're at, you're asking rookies to come in and, and play on the offensive line. They've had success up there up front overall um, with a patchwork line, but um, it's it just hasn't been what they want overall in terms of balance and, and trying to get the running game going in addition to the passing yeah. game, you know, Dax put up some big cool numbers, uh, but it's not leading to wins right now. Yeah. It's funny that you kind of mentioned that Rob. It's like Dax shouldn't have to throw over 500 yards to try and win a game. Mm-hmm. You should but like our defense is, is kind of mm-hmm. like putting the pressure on our offense to overperform to a certain extent. Yeah. And and as a result of that, we're losing players and our offensive line and stuff like that. And it's yeah, it's just nah, it's just crazy, man. Absolutely crazy. Yeah, it's it's not even. You're exactly right, and it's not even to a small extent. It's Dak basically trying his best and and the wide receiver core and the tight ends to keep us in this in any way, shape, or form, um, in spite of not accompanied by the defense. Um, and special teams as well, because they've had an absolute tough time as well. Um, and it doesn't help as well that Zeke's having problem holding onto the ball lately. So, if, if, I can, if I can think of one positive to take out of this, is no one can not complain about Dak Prescott anymore, because he is playing out of his skin right now. Look. He is. Um, I think, if to be completely open and fair, there he did get very lucky the other night. Um, he left quite a few interceptions on the field. The Browns left quite a few interceptions on the field, so he did yeah. get quite lucky. But then he's being put, like we said, in a situation where he doesn't have that much time. He has to think, and he's trying to force things, and he's making decisions he probably wouldn't normally make. Because when he was a rookie, he was very very calm, very cool, very calculated, and very deliberate in what he did. And he was very good taking care of the ball. Now he is airing it up there a lot more, and it's going to happen. But I feel that because he's been put in that situation and he's having to fight for it a lot more, um, that's going to happen even a lot more again, especially when you ha- you can't establish a run game to complement it. You, you're, you're taking that completely out of it, more or less. He's purely just throwing the ball. The Cowboys were referred to as a pass-first team now, and I haven't heard that in a long time. Mm-hmm. Dak is doing a good job, don't get me wrong, but he's not without criticism. But then I don't hold that much of that to him in a weird way, if that makes sense. Yeah. And, and that did, does feed into a point, and we'll get, we'll get your take on this, Rob, um, because Rich and Graham, one of the other members of the team here, have been big exponents of drafting O-line help that, you know, we haven't really improved the O-line over the last couple of years. We've taken punts in the second, third and fourth round in recent years, but we've done nothing to help out 
Lyle Collins and primarily mm-hmm. Tyrant Smith, who yep. we know is going to miss two to three games a year. So was was it a time last year when they should have addressed offensive tackle through the draft? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think your point is well taken because um, you're right. Tyron's had injury issues every year. It's never been anything that's kept him out for an entire season. Um, mm-hmm. But when you look when you look at what's happened this year and what's happened, you know, last year, I think there was one game where Tyron and Lyle both didn't play, and it was that mm-hmm. infamous Jets game where they couldn't get anything going offensively. Yep. And and I think with with Lyle, I think. <laughs> That's a bad one, Paul. That was a, that was yep. a rough one, man. And you know, they functioned better overall this season offensively than than that game in particular. Now they've got Tyron back, but I think with Lyle having a serious injury right now, that he's dealing with, and 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 Tyron always, you know, he's such a tough player, but he's always going to be dealing probably with something every now and then. Um, mm-hmm. It's time to, I think, look at drafting, particularly a, a tackle, and look at, at developing a tackle uh, in in the offseason coming up. Now, you know, Terrence Steele is an undrafted rookie that they like. Um, he's ha- obviously had some mixed results in the starting lineup, so maybe they can continue to work with him. But I think it's got to be, you know, and th- and they've continued to address the line overall in the draft somewhat. Uh, you know, Connor Williams, the second round pick a couple years ago. They really like Tyler Biotish at center. I think he might wind up being the center of the future. Uh, but I think that depth, you're right, especially at tackle, is something they've got to look at because, you know, they signed Cam Irving in the offseason, and he didn't even win the job. Now, he didn't really have much of a training camp, uh, but but you're, they're trying to cycle in young players there, and the results have been hit or miss so far. Mm-hmm. Very good. So, um, just a question we do have in there for uh, from Mike. From uh, who is another member of the team. So, do you see the Cowboys trading for O line help in the not too distant future or before the trade deadline? You know, I don't. I don't really see that. I. I they might make a move at the trade deadline, but it, it's gonna. Usually, that involves picks, and I. I wonder how hesitant they might be to use up draft picks and, and to try to get some help immediately. Now they've done it the last couple of years. I mean, obviously Amari Cooper, first round pick, uh, mm-hmm. Michael yeah. Bennett came in last year for a conditional seventh round pick, but I, you know, I, I'm, I wonder about that because the cap situation, the salary cap situation is very interesting going into the off season. Yeah. They're not going to have a lot of room to maneuver, uh, they're going to have to prepare to potentially slot Dak Prescott at 38 million bucks um, to at least extend the negotiating window if they need to franchise mm-hmm. him early on. So, you know, without a lot of room to sign players, at least it looks that way, they're going to have to really rely on their draft class to restock, like you said, address O-line. Uh, defensively, I can think of several positions where, man, just, you know, four games in, they're going to have to look at addressing this position, that position. Um, I'd be hesitant to use draft picks and they, you know, they say they like their young tackles, their young offensive linemen, and I guess they'll just continue to develop them this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see. You know, you, you hope they can stay healthy or get healthier than they've been. That's maybe, a, that's maybe an off the cuff question, but what about we trade players for more picks for next year? That's a possibility for the regards to the cap. That's oh, and look and load up on draft picks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, the problem is, yeah, we actually brought that up on Talking Cowboys this morning. The problem is, I'm I'm trying to think a position, you know, cornerback. They're they're pretty deep at, um, 
when they're healthy, but they haven't been healthy. They got two guys on IR right now, Cheeto and, and, uh, and Anthony Brown. Right. I, you know, I, I, I won't really see that Paul, just because they're, they're going to do whatever they can. If, if there's a guy they think they can help that can help them, they're going to do whatever they can to try to get, stay in this race uh, yeah. and try to try to win the division. Um, but you know, <laughs> so, so far, so far it hasn't worked out. First of all, I'll be provided a question from uh, Lord Callan as well. He's asking during the off season, the coaching staff said they would make the scheme fit the player rather than the player fit the scheme. Are we really seeing this? Is the defense more read and react than attack? That's a great question. Um, I don't know what you guys think about it, but we were just discussing this today. That I that is what they said, um, and it, as you watch the games lately. You wonder, you know, because they've mixed four three and three four alignments, uh-huh. and and you wonder, you know, when they when they try to run this three four alignment, it's it's not helping them against the run. Uh, no, no. I, I think you know they might be better suited to to use more of a four man front in those concepts. But the problem is they're they're so depleted at linebacker right now. I think that's impacting what they're trying to do. Um, but you're right, you're right. They may need to take a look at that and see. Okay, do we have the personnel to do everything we want to do? And Mike Nolan, the defense coordinator, has said we've we've tried to scale back a little bit because we're just not there yet in terms of getting everybody on the same page. Yeah, it's funny, Major Because obviously, I, I I don't know if like you know like I, I I'm a big D line guy. Like that's my that's my jam pretty much. And seeing like so Demarcus Lawrence, for example, we'll probably talk about him later on. But seeing him in a two point stance just does not look natural at all. Nope. That so there's all these different aspects as well. It's like I, it's fitting these players into the, like are they actually like being more reactive rather than hitting their gaps for, mm-hmm. so, so to speak so it's like completely different concept compared to last season where it's always about hitting those gaps and mm-hmm. and we're seeing a big difference and because we're actually seeing our d-line getting pushed back a lot more yeah. which, is, which is not fun to see at all yeah I mean, there's that game was pretty, to try and answer Lon's question, I mean, you've seen a bit where they tried to adapt specifically, like you said, from putting, making them put a hand in the dirt because it's a bit more natural for them. Um, that was a good thing. But then in the game, really, you didn't really, I didn't really see any attack. Um, and I certainly didn't see any sort of reading, noticing things and adapting, um, especially from the linebackers. It was There was a severe lack of it, which was part of the problem. Um, yeah. It was just none, none of that, really, in the last game, to be honest, Lorne. Um, but they have, I think there has been a, an attempt to make things better and to make the scheme fit the players rather than the other way around. But it's not happening that great thus far. It's not, things aren't clicking. So um, just be, before we go, go any further, like, folks, we... As you can see, there's questions coming in, and we really appreciate that. So mm-hmm. keep firing those questions in. We'll put them up. We'll put them to Rob. We know he, we know he's well able to give us answers. He's knowledgeable, and yeah. whilst he's here, don't be afraid to don't be afraid to ask questions. But um, if we if we start breaking down the game itself um, on the weekend, so the offense, the statistics are rolling through the screen there. Uh, with that numbers, uh, Zeke's numbers, and then the wide receivers. Um, if we look at the O-line, the O-line seems to be the biggest issue in that it's not opening up the gaps for Zeke to make the runs that we're used to seeing Zeke make. 
Is that a case of just with this uncertainty and unknown relationships between everyone along the line that they're not sure what their assignments are? And is that affecting Zeke's game then on the back end? Um, it's Yes, it's certainly having an effect. Um, I think that much is pretty obvious. There's... I think it's a good point that, you know, you got two rookies on there. That is, there is a good argument to be made there for unit cohesiveness. But at the end of the day, these guys aren't Doug Free, Travis Frederick or Ronald Leary. Um, you've got to roll with what you've got ultimately. Um, and I don't think that's going to change anytime soon when we said about taking picks. I think that's, that's a good point. They've been, they're serviceable. The group is serviceable, but there has definitely been, um, been a decrease but you'd expect that because they aren't the guys i've just highlighted that we've had previously where we've been in fairness to say we've said before admittedly a little bit spoiled in terms of o-line but then that's not helped by the fact that zeke hasn't been able to hold on to the ball that much recently so he's had some serious issues himself and you know i'm a bit of the you know i'm more than happy to drive the zeke fan drain yeah. but he's really not had some good games lately to put it lightly um the amount of times the ball's been punched out and every time I see him carrying the ball and every time the, the ball's getting punched out, it's getting knocked out. He's only holding it with one hand. I'm just like, for the love of God, man, just bring your other arm across and protect the ball. The ball is king. We're trying to establish a run game. Protect the goddamn ball. It's not, it's not that hard. Um, he hasn't. He's, it's not like he's out free, open, trying to run with the ball in his arms going. He's, he's still in the trenches. Protect it and then get going once you're up to the second level. Fine, but just Jesus. <laughs> Sorry, that was a bit of a rant, but yeah. Rob, I'm seeing you smiling and going, "Yeah, these are all points I've made before." So take take it away and give us your own your own thoughts on it. No, you're right on. Um, I just I'm thinking about he he ripped off what a 24 yard run in the first half, and he winds up basically sitting on a guy's helmet, and he gets the ball yeah. ripped out. And that's, you know, they finally got something going there in the running game, and that's the result. And you're right. uh, And he's owned it. You know, the fumbles have been a problem. I think Uh just as a runner, I think he's looked really good in terms of of quickness. And I I thought he looked kind of almost lighter than he's been in recent seasons. But um, it's been a small sample size. And what we've seen, yeah, they, they haven't dominated the line of scrimmage in the running game. Um, I think they're averaging 4.2 yards a carry. And, you know, you guys hit on a, on a great point that, you know, a lot of teams would would love to have Tyron Smith, Zach Martin, that are, you know, two perennial pro bowlers. Uh, but they do have some youth on the other part of the line. And so it's not it's not a Travis Frederick there manning things and, 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 and paving the way up front uh, for that interior, those interior runs. And it's just it's not the same line. Um, they're working through it. But I also think um, with – and it's by their own doing. The turnovers that they've had has really thrown things out of whack, and I think it's prevented mm-hmm. them from trying to establish the, the rhythm that they want in the running game. He's only had 72 carries, I think, through four games, and that's just kind of unheard of for Zeke. Yep. It's, not, it's not the way they want to play. I think we're show, you know, as Paul said, Dak is showing he can sling it and he can put up numbers and, and they can be a passing offense, but they're at their best when it's Zeke. Uh, kind of be in the engine, and they're just not even close to that right now. And it's a big problem. It's a big problem. Yep. 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 70 attempts, 273 yards, 3.9 average. He's 11. Yeah. Sounds to run one the game. I yeah. Agree. But, um, 
Well, you were going to say something there. Yeah, it just it pains me to see. Like, I don't know if anyone's may have came across this, but see, over the years, like over the times, of we've had different offensive line coaches and that, there's those factors. There could be factors where our pro bowlers are getting taught different ways of how to block. Because there is ways you can do it in terms of foot placement, like especially in pass protection, even in run blocking. Like if you're double teaming someone, hand placement, all that type of stuff. So I don't know if that. That has an effect on these rookies coming in, not knowing what they're doing, or they're still trying to get used to this new way of blocking or whatever. And there's all these different factors. The same goes with the D line when it comes to like being more in the oh god attacking, but being more the alert, like reacting method. So I don't know if that might have something to do with it as well. So I don't know what your guys' thoughts are on that. Is that, that could have any factor? Um, maybe. I mean, I would have admittedly, obviously, I've never played, um, but I would have thought that the the base mechanics are the same. And when you're on a line that has someone like Zach Martin there, that's a pretty good guy to learn from. Um, yes, obviously, different coaches will have different ways that they want you to do things. Yeah. Um, coaches are brilliant for specific reasons because they do differ. But I would think that really you should be able to you're, you're either a decent offensive lineman or you're not. Obviously, you can tweak a person's game and train them up a certain way, but I don't think it would. I don't think it would have that much of an effect, me personally. But again, I've, I've, you know, I've never played. I'm just a guy sat at home. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. Um, I don't think they've. You're right. I don't think they've changed too much from a technique standpoint with Joe Philbin coming in. Um, no. But your point's well taken. That when Paul Alexander was here and they went through a few O line coaches, mm-hmm. he, he changed up a lot of what they tried to do technique wise. Yeah. And it didn't, you know, it didn't really fly. You know, I don't think the players liked it too much, and they and they made a midseason change. I think he's trying to adapt to what they do well overall. Um, but you know, they're they are young. Uh, they're not as dominant up front as they've been. And you know, they they face some really good defensive fronts too. I thought you know Cleveland's defensive front really yeah. good in terms of uh, their interior guys pushing the pocket. Besides Miles Garrett, that's just something that yeah. Yeah, Richardson and, um, boy, Aaron Donald. I don't know if it gets tougher. I don't think you could ever face a defender as tough as he is in your entire life uh, for the Rams. So it's, it's, been, it's been a tough matchup for them early on, and mm-hmm. they're, still try, they're still trying to grow. I think the pass protection has been good, though. You know, yeah. overall, yeah. you know, yeah. 115 yeah. pass attempts for Dak in two games is crazy. Yeah, and and credit credit to Brandon Knight and Terrence Steele to fill that out. Like even though there's been a a few reps where they've completely dominated, completely outclassed, but they've actually managed to overcome and adapt, which is really great to see. So if they can continue progressing like that, I'm still I'm I'm actually happier in terms of the passing game. But it's like you said, it's more the run blocking is the issue. Yeah, and that's the thing in in terms of sacks, like like we've all said. Zach's airing the ball a ridiculous amount at the minute because he has to. Therefore, there are a lot more attempts up and they're still only tied for 17th. It's like a three, four-way tie or something for 17th play for nine sacks that they've allowed. That's actually really not that bad considering the body of work for those guys is a lot higher than a lot of other teams around the league. Certainly mm-hmm. some that are above them and haven't allowed as many sacks. So I'm, like you said, it's it's the run game and establishing the run that is that would really, really help this offense be more calculated, help Dak be more calculated and put even more points on the board to help <laughs> how terrible the, the defense is doing at the minute. 
Um, like Rob, I think you actually touched on a name there, and I, I was I was just trying to think of it, uh, Paul Alexander, and he, I think he was the guy that wanted the players to show him how how they got ketchup out of a bottle in terms of showing their blocking <laughs> technique and stuff like that. And right. since then, it seems to be a case that the O line has just been on a slide. Like, is is it the fact that they've had three O line coaches in three years just really impacting them? Uh, yeah, I mean, you definitely want that continuity. I, I think when they brought Mark Colombo back in, um, mm. they got back to what they do best. And I, I thought, you know, I thought the second half of last year, they did a better job in the running yep. game, um, getting Zeke more in a rhythm. And I think some of that mm-hmm. had to do with Zeke just missing all a training camp with the contract hold out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I, I think Paul it's more well. about – I'm sorry? Paul, Paul out as well. Like, he might have got oh, yeah. game. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For sure. And uh, I just think, you know, they're when you lose a Travis Frederick, I know they lost him a couple years ago for a season. Mm-hmm. I, I think that makes a big impact. A guy that can, you know, Joe Looney's a solid vet, uh, mm-hmm. but Travis was as good as anybody in terms of getting everybody on the same page pre-snap. Uh, yeah. I thought he helped their red zone offense. I thought he, he was mm-hmm. uh, really critical for them in the running game. And I think, I think you're, you know, that's, that's showing up. I think you miss him even last year, you know, he said he didn't play, to his uh, standard of play, but I think it was still at a high, high level. And it's you know, pretty evident. He still made the yeah. all that, you know? Still made yeah. 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 It's so, like, you know. It, uh, the, the serious thing is, is that you could clearly see the, the physical size difference between when Frederick, before the condition, and after when he came back. You could see, oh, yeah. like, you know, he was, see, he was a little bit s- smaller, but he still performed, like, beyond expectations that year. Yep, but um, definitely. But when you're talking about like a Joel Looney and that, yeah, like solid vet. But I, I tell you what, yes. what I'm, actually, I, I'm quite happy with Bayadish, and mm. the reason the reason I'm saying that because he is from the same school as Travis Frederick, and I think they, in terms of their school in Wisconsin, they really want to make sure that the center has the focal point of picking these positions up before the ball's been snapped. So and yep. we kinda of, I mean noticed that during the game like some kit like during the T uh, during the broadcast and T V, um don't know what network was, I think it was Fox, but uh, you can see by Adi she was telling like uh, Connor Williams uh, like just pointing out, watch out, yeah like blitz or whatever, blitz reads and stuff like that, maybe pick him up or whatever and that. Just making those zone reads and stuff like that. So I think that's quite fundamental in terms of that. Um but yeah, um I think for like a Bayadish, just more game time, he's just going to improve. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, he went in, he, like you said, he got in, he got stuck in, he wasn't sort of afraid of anything. He was calling things out. He took control of that as much as he could. And he, you know, he didn't shrink down. He, he, he filled the position very well. I was actually quite impressed with him, really. He didn't look like he was missing a step, really. If there was one but a little bit of criticism you can give by others, as he was making rookie mistakes in terms of snap yeah. count. It, like, yeah. it, it yeah. wasn't, it wasn't, in, it wasn't in sync. Yeah, so I find yeah. that that still comes with time, because don't forget, I, I, like, it doesn't matter how long you've been in it, like, every rookie has done that in the O-line. Yeah. Like, exactly. You get a little bit trigger-happy because you know what player, and they see because yeah. like, I played both sides of the ball before, and when I played guard and left tackle at one point, I, like, see if there was a certain play, like, a certain run block, and I know who I'm blocking, I'm like, oh, yes, I get the... Get them so, and I'm get sometimes I gotta be a bit too, too trigger happy before the snap counts, and I get call for offside. So it, it happens, yeah, so, it's, it's so. gonna happen. 
But sorry, sorry if I was talking way too fast there, Robin. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I got you. I got you. Loud and clear. Oh, sweet. <laughs> That's impressive. I, I, I think to be fair, Rob, I think your 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 understanding of Scottish is uh, is a lot better than trying to understand uh, Yorkshire, which you would have had to have dealt with if Jamie was on the show. <laughs> Uh, man, y'all are all over Jamie, man. All over Jamie. <laughs> I heard Jamie before I could understand uh, Jamie. <laughs> you're, you're the first guest that's ever said uh, Maybe I'm the first. Maybe I'm Is the first. that true, Rob? Is that true? Yeah. Oh, no, uh, being nice, but yeah. Yeah, I can understand it. More or less. Well, <laughs> there we go. Well, uh, Jamie started calling on M moving along, I think the one of the one of the big offensive um, highlights this year. Obviously, we've had no problem scoring points, um, but you know, I think the the addition of CD Lamb this year and getting his first two touchdowns at the weekend, it it, it really showed that it was the right pick at seventeen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100%. You know, yeah. It, it's funny how there's you know I think. After a loss like that, man, Twitter's just Twitter's on fire, and and a lot of people are saying, well, maybe they shouldn't have made made the CD pick because they need help on defense. Sorry, I just can't I can't go that route. I mean, I you know what he's been able to do his first four games, it's kind of unheard of in terms of consistency. Like you said, you know, at least five catches a game, um, being productive, allowing this offense to kind of create another dimension in terms of big plays. Yep. And I, you know, I I'm just not sure what a what a 17th overall pick could have added on defense in these first four games. It would have made such a difference defensively um, because the problems they've had on defense are really all three levels. There there hasn't been one one particular thing that has led to their problems defensively. It's been up front. It's been linebackers at times. It's been the yeah. secondary, obviously. Um, so I think you got to look at what CD's done uh, and, and just be really impressed. And, and the fact that he's on he's on the same page with Dak as quickly as they've been without, like we said, mm -hmm. without training uh, a long training camp and all that. Um, you know, he just really is an impressive young player. I'll I'll be honest. I was one of the first ones that really wanted a defensive player in that draft. I'll be honest. I did not expect to see CD Lamb. And my reaction at first, I was I was quite angry about it until I processed. Like the guys were first Christmas Day were laughing at my reaction towards it because we were doing the live stream um, for the it draft till four o'clock in the morning, which was fun. Um, <laughs> but uh, but. Yeah, initially I wasn't too happy because like, I just felt as though we just needed more defensive. But when you've got a player like C.D. Lamb at 17, he can't say no. And 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 you know what Jerry's like, he likes to make a splash when it comes to the draft, and he certainly did do that. And anything to put a wee knock in the teeth in the Eagles, I'm happy with that. So. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. Suck it. Yeah, he's, he's, had a, he's had a very good start, obviously. Um, I mean, it was before or on the night of the draft when we were sort of analysing everything as it came in, um, Mike, we turned around to Mike and said, look, Mike, give us a, a sort of a rundown on this guy. What's he What's he like? And his, basically he surmised it in the way of if you put the ball up near CD, he's very, very likely to go get it. And if he gets his hands on it, he ain't dropping it. And that's exactly what's happened. Um, it's a valid point. I get, I get what people would say, you know, when hurting on defense, should we not have gone defense? But let's not forget 
Um, we did draft someone else in the second round, and he has actually been contributing. He's been playing pretty decently as well. He's been great. Yeah, we'll definitely, exactly. talk, about, we'll definitely talk about him shortly, for sure. Mm-hmm. My, my, my own view on this, obviously, um, for a wide receiver from such a trash school, uh, I've been impressed. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Frank. Well, those are those well, are fighting words. The day of the or the week of the game. Uh, yeah, little Texas little don't. Texas OU action coming this weekend. Oh God, you should, see, you should, you should see Brian in a private conversation, God. Moving along to um, another another one of the high points of the um, the wide receiver and tight end core has been the emergence of Dalton Schultz. Mm. Um, this season, I mean, God forgive me, I I've been all over Dalton Schultz for two, two over two years. Didn't think he was going to ever make it, and in the last three games, he's made me eat my words. Uh, and and me, I just thought he was more of a blocking tight end. Yeah, never yeah. Well done, that man. Seriously, yeah. well done, that man. He's typified next man up this year yeah. so far. He's done the best job. He's he's been really outstanding. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of the same boat as you guys. Like when he broke out in, I guess it was week two against Atlanta. I think he led him in catches, had nine catches, and I was thinking, you know, I've, I've been waiting for a game like that for him because when he came out, I know they drafted him in the fourth round, but a lot of people in the building felt like, you know, he's he's not going to be Jason Witten. Nobody is, but he had those kind of qualities coming out of Stanford, and and like you guys mentioned. Uh, with the Oddish at Wisconsin, that's like a that's like an offensive line factory. Well, that's a tight end factory at Stanford. They 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 really harp on guys being well rounded, blocking, catching, all those things. And he has those tools, and he's had them. Um, but you know, I, I think maybe it took him a little while to get adjusted to the game. I think he had to had to add some strength to get stronger his first couple of years. Uh, mm-hmm. And he's take, you know he's taking the ball and running with it without Blake Jarwin in, in the lineup right now. In fact, somebody sent us a message on our mailbag saying, "Is he going to be the starter next year when Blake comes back?" And I'm like, "Man, I hadn't thought about that, but it might be a good competition. Maybe, or maybe they, you know, I don't, I don't think you want to take one of these top receivers off the field, but maybe they need to go more too tight end when they're all healthy again next year. Potentially, yeah. And I mean, it's it's an interesting question, definitely, because still with this injury again. We don't know the full extent of what Blake Jarwin can do. So, well, you, you kind of saw what a two a two tight end uh, force can do against us with the mm-hmm. with the Browns, what they did to us. So, pff, when Bell, uh, sorry, no Bell, uh, Blake Jarwin comes back, having shots, run run the ball. Hopefully, him make a big major contribution. Mhm. Mhm. Definitely. Yeah. Absolutely. We've, we've just gotten another question in there, um, and we'll put, put this to you, Rob. Um, in terms of C.D. Lamb making Michael Gallup less important, and does it affect his contract extension? Wow, that's, that is a great question. And, you know, I think Stephen Jones, when they, when they drafted C.D., he said on the fan, I, you know, we, we'll have to make a big decision there because – you know, we're finding out with this current roster, you can't pay everybody. And, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. they, they made they made a decision not to bring back Byron Jones, at least not at the money that he was going to command uh, at the cornerback position. And, I, you know, I don't know if you can keep all, all the top receivers. Um, so CD will have up to four years left on his deal after this season. Gallup's got, I guess, one more season. Yeah. And that's going to be really interesting because I think Michael Gallup is – 
I mean, he he has a chance to be a top receiver for a team. You know, it's not this team, uh, yeah. but he hundred percent. But but he could he could do it somewhere, and you know, I would love them to keep him after next season. But I it's a it's a, it's a great question. I don't know if they can afford it, especially. You know, Dak's going to make a ton of money, even more money next year than he is this year, one way or another, whether it's on the franchise tag or whether they get a long term deal done. And uh, you, you, you just can't pay everybody. That's that's just the, the life in the salary cap era. That's, I kind of I kind of goes back to the kind of question I was kind of thinking earlier before regards to trading players from defense or whatever than that to gain more draft picks because that could help bring the cap down to help the, like keep those players in offense, but also bring in these younger players with a lot of talent and it doesn't necessarily like break the boundaries of that cap. So that's what I was kind of thinking towards that, but it's, that's a good point you just made there, Bob, as well. Yeah, Very good it's, it's tough. It's tough. Uh, you know, that's, but I guess that's part of the argument when you draft the CD lamb is like, do you really, did you really have to do that? Cause then you're going to probably end up potentially having to let go, uh, you know, a guy like Michael Gallup in a couple of years. We'll see. Um, but I, I, Paul, I just feel like, man, they got they got to keep all the good, all the defensive players they got. They got to load up and keep them and, and see if they can get this get this thing righted because it's it's a uh, it's it's a tough deal right now. Well, we have to be going with that. That's why I know. <laughs> I, 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 I I think as I think Mr. Broadus would say, that's a beautiful segue into our next segment. Yep. So the the Dallas Cowboys defense, the number one defense in the league. Um, very much not the case. So where where do we start? Right, let me go and get my bottle of whiskey. <laughs> um, um, I think it, if if you were like if you ever played Call of Duty, it was pretty much like after twenty five kills, it was like the nuclear bomb went off in that defense. Yeah, it, it was just an absolute absolute disaster. Yeah. Like I think I think Rob, you made the point earlier, and we'll throw this over to you. Obviously, is that on all three levels, the defense is not performing. So, I suppose if we start with the front line, the defensive line. What's going wrong that the defensive line just doesn't seem to be able to make an impact? Yeah, it's uh, that's the thing that stood out to me the most um, about the Cleveland game in particular, where. Uh, obviously 307 rushing yards that's the most in franchise history allowed in a game it's it's just uh, it's unreal um and and when you watch it back you really had the you saw the Cleveland Browns linebacker or offensive line get to the second level so quickly i uh, they they uh-huh. were really they were really on um the, the Cowboys defenders, their front four really quickly and getting to the second level, getting on Jalen Smith, taking him and, the, and Joe Thomas out of plays at times and that's a, that's a big problem. When when the Cowboys have had trouble stopping the run in recent years, that, that that's been a big factor. Uh, where they just yeah. can't they can't get that push up front and they can't hold their gaps. But man, there was there was just and I we'll get into it. There it wasn't just that. I mean, it was just a lot of different things going on mm-hmm. in that game. Yeah, I can't help but laugh at the Adrian's question though. Why does a my it's, my it's, yeah. it's accurate. That is that's a question I was going to ask you all because it's. I think the whole concept is absolutely ridiculous that they literally pulled a guy off a fishing boat and he just went for 95 freaking yards. Like, are you serious? And he's completely right. There is a there is a massive, massive lack of effort and desire 
on the defensive side of this ball. And personally for me, it's been, I think, the hot boys mentality, I think, has been a bit of a cancer for this team for a long time. Um, ever since they lost to the Rams a couple of years ago in the playoffs, they haven't been the same. They, they never really rocked up. I said this at the, at the start of um, the previous season of our show, the end of season one, um, I don't think they showed up. I think that's the reason they lost the game is the defense never showed up. And to be honest, I don't think they've had any real amount of drive since that game. Um, mm-hmm. It's just there is a serious, serious commitment issue. Um, desire, call it just wanting to go out and like, like there's, there's loads of people going out and they're like, I've listened to all three shows um, from yesterday and again from today. And everyone is basically saying the same thing. There is a, a lot of people are, there is a serious issue with effort and you go back and watch a lot of the plays, especially the last one that Odell Beckham made for the touchdown. People jogging and just give up. It's just ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. And I'm kind of I was right before we came on, I watched um, the breakdown, Brian, that you shared of, yeah. um, of his I can't remember if it was that player or a similar play previously. Jalen yeah. was I was giving Jalen a bit of the benefit of the doubt because I thought, oh, he'd, he'd broken out oh, he'd no. come across oh. and he thought but again, that's part of the problem. He thought someone else was going to make the tackle. And then he realized, and he's trying to gauge, because he knows how quick Beckham is, where he's going to run. But that's part of the problem. He it was expecting someone else to make the tackle. Nobody is playing up to the same standard that this defense was back in 2014 when Rod Marinelli was running things. And the only name on this defense was Sean Lee. And he was out a lot. It's absolutely ridiculous. There's no the tackling is not good enough. Um, there's no well, hustle. There's no rush to the ball. It's ridiculous. Well, well, I'm going to have a wee dig at Joe Thomas here because in that particular play with Odell Beckham, why did he tackle the wrong person? He tackled, yeah. the, he tackled the person without the ball. Beckham, yeah. Beckham is literally like two yards right behind the guy and just completely took him out. And Jalen's like, started, then he started running after him. Yeah. Well, who, who was it that was lined up against um, bloody Baker Mayfield and just like, like what Ever the hell? He's clearly, yeah, he's yeah. clearly not got the ball on him. He's clearly not going to be throwing the ball. What the hell is going on? Figure it out quick because something's about to happen. Yeah, on the opening touchdown, Jarvis Landry. Yeah, you're right. And and yeah, I think I think on the Jalen play, I, yeah, he's on the he's way on the backside, and I guess he's thinking there's no way that it, this play is going to come to me. But it did, and he, you know, and they weren't in position to make the play. And I, mm-hmm. I just can't. I've never seen a fifty-yard reverse play like that at the NFL just, level where nobody's touched, where the guy, the guy is not touched by anybody. It's just, uh, I've never seen that. And here's yeah. the thing: I'm, here's the thing I'm really annoyed about. If we are really playing by reacting, that is going to be the slowest reaction I've ever seen. There, there was no reaction. Like, Jalen Smith like, is like, meant to be a sideline to sideline linebacker. Well, he, he was, wasn't even at the sideline, the other sideline, and he didn't get over there anywhere near in time. There was no I'm effort not, to get there. I'm just talking about the, from a line perspective, though. Like, mm. when you see a motion, you know, yeah. like, like, you should know from the previous place that they tried it twice. I'm pretty sure. From yeah. that whole, they yeah. should know that. They should know that already. So, okay, we might expect a, a reverse. And if that's the same, if that's the case, then whoever's on the strong side might have to switch them. They yeah. become contained, and whoever's on the contained side needs to be the more of the attacking side. And we just didn't adjust, and we saw what happened there. Alton Smith was just lucky, like he he was lucky, like lucky to even get in that position in the first place because he pretty much had to do two jobs there. 
because yeah. he was supposed to be on the containment side, and the other side was supposed to be going after. Uh, like I think, I think, I think on that play itself, um, I know we were talking about this in our in our own group whilst whilst it happened. I think someone said you could see that play before it even started that the tight end was lined up as a crack back, that the mm -hmm. reverse was coming, and everyone could yeah. see it. And I've I've highlighted it there on the screen. There seems to be just a lack of football IQ amongst most players on the defense. Um, and they're just not not seeing things. They're not anticipating what's going on. So, Rob, can you tell us any different? Is there something we're not seeing, or is that your own feeling? Well, I, you know, your uh, your point about the reverse is right. I mean, they they ran the exact same reverse earlier in the game, and yeah. to come back and to come back to it and have this even more success. You know, that's just that's not adjustments. And I, you know, I think I think they have. Guys on the on the defense with high IQ, uh, high football IQ, but I just think, <laughs> I, you know, there's just I, I think there's a situation. Oh, wheel! Oh no! <laughs> oh, the wheel, the legend. That was the oh, wrong man. comment. That was the wrong comment. That was the show. Hey, we get trolled on our show too all the time, constantly. I, I wasn't the comment I was gonna put up was this. It could be worse. We could have Bill O'Brien. Man, how about well, the Texans? Yeah. 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 You're basically firing your head coach, your OC, and your GM in one day. The Texans did. That's uh -huh. that's uh, that's quite a day. Yeah. Um, defensively, I just, you know, I, I think at times they're they're it's it's talent at times. I think they're just getting outplayed. I think other times uh, it's the same thing. I talked about this last week and this week. What bothers me is that we're hearing the same things about this defense from players from coaches that we did last year where uh, guys are, are not trusting the scheme enough. They're playing outside the scheme. They're trying to make too much happen instead of just worrying about their responsibilities. And it leads to breakdowns in recognition or angles. And um, that, you know, that was supposed to change with a new, with a new staff, a new scheme. And it, it's not, it's not changing. Um, and, and on top of that injuries, I'm not going to use injuries as an excuse because everybody has them right now. Uh, okay. But they're they're really missing Leighton Van Der Esch. Um, oh yeah, oh, big time. Yeah, you know they're they're missing Gerald McCoy uh, in the middle of that defense. Oh, they, he could have helped them. And and you know the, at the quarterback position, Trayvon Diggs is going to be a really good player. But um, you know he's taking some lumps too. You know quarterbacks are going ap yeah. after him, and and they could really use Anthony Brown and and Cheeto back uh, as soon as possible. And maybe you get Anthony Brown back this week, but. Uh, it's not just injuries. It's it's everything you guys covered. I mean, they're just not yeah. um, they're not being sound fundamentally. Um, and and I think I think they give up a play or two, and their confidence suffers, and it, and it shows the rest of the game. Yeah, because they they start snowballing. We've been like we've had games now back to back where we've had back to back turnovers. That's why the turnover differential is so ridiculous. They get inside their own heads. The confidence goes, and then there's they, there's just it takes a long time for them to recover and actually start putting some effort in. And that's I, like I, I genuinely have a bit of a problem. It, it's a genuine, genuine point to make, but I have a problem with people who turn around and say, to a degree, people who turn around and start making the argument of talent, saying there's not enough talent on this roster to actually make um, make a difference. There's reasons we went out and got the players we got in free agency. Yeah. Um, they were decent players before. They're not playing up to standard now. The problem there, as I said earlier, on is commitment and the actual drive to actually go and get it done. 
if Rod Marinelli could get it done with basically the only name being Sean Lee, and that was purely just people putting in effort, they were meant to be the worst defense in the league going in. They finished 10th purely just because they, they grabbed teams by the balls and went for it, and they tackled properly and just put some goddamn effort in. Like, Jesus. Yeah, that's, that's 2014. That, I love what this team needs to do. That 2014 right. season, they were signing guys just off the couch to come in and play defensive line yeah, for them. And, yeah, exactly. And like people yeah. want to turn around and say that, like, yes, injuries are an issue. Yeah, you know, all of that, that's fine. Yeah. But you can't turn around and say that this team is so terrible compared to that team and say it's because of talent. I, I disagree with that to a very big degree. No, that's I'm fair. I've got a question. See, in t- see, there's obviously COVID and stuff like that. See, in terms of mm. the pep preparation of game evaluation of against your opponents like game film and stuff like that is that yep. taking any knock-on effect you think so from? very very good question um i think this is something that was brought up on one of the shows today i can't remember which one it was um i i think it's a valid point i think it's a very valid point um it just doesn't seem to be happening does it because they're not seeing things and reacting well that ergo <laughs> they might not be studying enough tape because of everything that's going on. That's what I'm thinking. Because everything that you need to go through protocols and it's taking mm-hmm. time away, taking time away from seeing more film and whatever and that. And and one of the other points is obviously the tackling again. Yeah, every, a, a lot. And this is not just us; it's all across the league. There's been a huge amount of uh, missed tackles that's been going about. Um, and the result of that is running backs are losing losing ACLs for breakfast right now. Yeah. Because they're not tackling, like people are t- not tackling properly and actually causing serious injury. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. 100%. Yeah. It's, I mean, it, it's a very valid, both very valid points. Um, but then if they're not watching film because of things going on with COVID and all the rest of it, there are plenty of other teams that have had positive tests um, and all those scares and all the things they've had to adapt to that the Cowboys haven't had thus far. And yet they seem to be managing okay. So they're clearly watching in a film. So again, it comes back to the preparation and the effort side of things. Whether it's on the field or before you get to the field, it needs to increase. It, it, it has to. Yep. So mo- moving along into, into the linebacker core. And I mean, I think this has been one of the biggest things on Twitter in the last 48 hours. Yeah. Is... Yeah the linebacking core and and especially Jalen Smith. Um yeah. I my own personal opinion on this is that Jalen seems to be too much in his own head. He's trying to do too much and misses the guidance of having a Sean Lee or a Leighton Van Der Esch beside him who he seems comfortable with because he knows they will do their job. He just doesn't seem to trust anyone. But I mean I've seen people calling him the worst linebacker in the league. That why did we not draft Miles Jack back in 2016? Mm. He should be cut. He won't make the roster next year. I mean, is it's there bad. something more missing? Or is he just that bad, Rob? Well, you know, it's funny because if you... Mike McCarthy was asked about Jalen. Mike Nolan was asked about Jalen. Jerry Jones was asked about Jalen today because of the criticism you're mentioning, Brian. And... Uh, you know, they all came to his defense. And I know publicly that's something you have to do. Um, but I do think generally they appreciate, um, you know, with the exception of, you know, like that play we talked about, that reverse play where I don't know what happened there. I think they appreciate overall his down to down effort in trying to make plays. The problem is 
from an assignment perspective, sometimes his keys, it's like, and it's not just Jalen, but overrunning plays and trying to make the big play instead of the sound play, I think has been an issue at times from that position from Jalen. And, and like I mentioned, trying to do too much at times and not just playing within the scheme. And I think that's been an issue, not to mention the, the face mask penalty that he had in the, what was it? The second quarter to me was maybe the biggest play in the game. You know, I didn't didn't even get to see the action replay. Did I like, did he actually grab the hill? Yeah. Yeah. Last, last second. I mean, just kind of basically jumping on a pile and the play was over. And yeah, um, all of a sudden, yeah, you go from a third and long potential situation to a scoring drive for Cleveland and they're right back in it. And then as we've touched on, they, you know, the offense can't hang on to the ball and the whole scope of the game changes after that. So um, I, I, I think they realize they, they need Jalen Smith right now. They really need him because uh-huh. uh, without, yeah, without, without Layton, without Sean, he's got to be the quarterback back there. And he's taken on more of a role than he anticipated this year with Layton going out. Uh, and I think Layton really compliments him, allows him to play more free and maybe, maybe get after the quarterback better more often. That's more probably yeah. where he's best at doing. And he's having to be that, that middle linebacker quarterback role. And that wasn't what they envisioned for him at the start of the year. Yeah. And that's, that's exactly the point I was going to make was that because I think he's a bit of victim to a degree of what's been going on because he is the sole man left standing really out, out of those three guys. He's the, the person they have the most confidence in. He's having to do everything, be the quarterback back there, try and analyze everything and react because he's, you know, he's the pe- people who are beside him. Yeah. He probably hasn't got that confidence in them, but that's yeah. not the best thing that he does. The best thing, best use they have for him is situational blitz and trying to get to the quarterback. That's what they specifically said they wanted to use him to do. And they're not able to do it because they have to have him back there because he's the best chance they've got. I'm going to add something in there as well, and I'm going to be quoting a different NFL coach, Bill Belichick. Do just do your job. Mm. Stick. To, do your just do yeah. what you're assigned to. Don't overcomplicate it. That's mm-hmm. all we had to do. Like there's been a few occasions for that whole game and previous other games, even from from the Rams game onwards, where we're seeing our linebackers just trying to do too much. And it's strewn us over and over now, mm-hmm. like, and and it's been. But now because of that, you're going to be overthinking now. And we saw that in, like that reverse play at the end that killed us. Like Jalen was just standing, like literally just like waiting, like with this like trust issues with your core, and yeah, I'm just I'm I'm. There needs to be a bit more. <sighs> It's really hard to like. I can't even say like get a magic wand. And it's like trust each other. Going like it's like yeah. it's not gonna happen. But yeah. we need it needs to it needs to be more quicker. They need to bond a lot quicker than yeah. than we anticipating now. And the thing about it, it too is is teams. Uh, the more tape they get on you, they're they're gonna see what you're not good at, and they're gonna go after you. And yeah. um, depending on their personnel, you know the the. Um, the Browns had the personnel to try some of those deep plays that the Seahawks were so good at, and they they tested them right off the bat, and they and it pulled off. So I wonder, you know, the, the Giants don't have Saquon Barkley, but I'm very interested to see how much they try to establish the run. And we know Jason Garrett is going to want to do that. That's that's his mo. 
Um, and yeah. how do the Cowboys handle that? You know, it's an offense that has really struggled for the Giants, but they're going to load up, I bet, and try and test the Cowboys' run defense, and we'll see how they handle it. Yeah, yeah I don't know if I'm excited or absolutely fear for my life for that game against the Giants now because of how things are going on right now. I'm more. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm nervous. I, I'm. I'll be honest. I'm actually more nervous about Washington than I thought. I never ever would say that. Yeah, I completely agree. I was. I was. Yeah. I was nervous about this game. I was speaking to Mike before we went on the previous show, the pregame show. I said this genuinely feels like a trap game right now. It's ridiculous, and lo and behold, and the Giants have not been able to really establish a run that well, but they've right. been getting better each game. Um, and the last game, they actually went 25 for 136. And that was the one time they actually did pretty well um, in terms of uh, controlling the play clock and time of possession. And they almost beat the Rams. So, yeah, I am a bit nervous in terms of playing the Giants now. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I'm with you, Rich. <laughs> <laughs> so, move, moving on to the secondary. And, again, I think... This has been a huge area of concern, and the amount of comments we've had in from people. Flying in, folks. Thanks for the comments. Yeah, yeah. they're absolutely flying in. Um, the one question we keep getting, Rob, er Earl Thomas. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh. You got the UT sweatshirt on, too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, I just don't think, you know, at this point, you know, I, part of me was waiting for it to happen early in the season. Um, but I, I think by this point, as much as they've struggled in the fact that um, he's still out there and, and there hasn't they haven't gone in that direction. Uh, I just I'd have to see it to believe it. I, I don't really think it's going to happen. Um, they keep saying that they they trust the guys they have and they're just going to rely on the guys they've got and, and trust that more time in the scheme will help everybody. Um, and you know, I, it surprises me that he's still out there period. You know, I'm, I, you know, he was supposed to maybe have a workout reportedly with the Texans that didn't happen, I guess. Um, and you've got to think that it's, it's probably a combination of, uh, maybe how much money he wants compared to where he is in his career, as well as whatever happened with the Ravens in training camp that got him sent mm -hmm. away from that team and released. I think that's probably a huge factor with teams as well. Um, and the Cowboys just don't seem willing to go in that direction. Um, it's, it's, it's a little surprising, but I guess they have their reasons. Yeah. I think Graham makes a really good point. Yeah. And uh -huh. I, like, we all know Earl Thomas as a legitimate great safety. He has a good feel yep. in the like top right now. Um, but it's more as it's more to do with his personality. It's, it's in the locker room. Like, uh -huh. the way have, like for me, when he was at Seattle, he came over for us to our changing room to talk to Jason Garrett. At times, like, sign me up, sign me up. He had the opportunity to sign for us when he uh, like tail end of his contract with Seattle, but decided to sign for Baltimore. But now we saw what's happened in Baltimore now. It's like, it seems to be an occurrence with him and not yeah. our player. So I'm kind of, if that's the case, I don't want anything to do. I don't want, like, I, but I'll be honest, there's an argument that's like, how can things be any worse right now? There's yeah. that argument now. It's yeah. like, it's now becoming a bit of a desperate measure now. Do we really need to bring him in? Yeah, it's it's an interesting question. But 
I mean, I, I'm of the opinion that I think this defense is potentially lacking in terms of leadership. Um, yeah. There are leaders in there. I think they just need to step up. Um, bringing someone like Earl Thomas in, like you said, with the problems he's documented as having in the locker room is probably not a great idea right now, in all honesty. Um, I don't think he could be that kind of person, be that leader kind of person. I think he would potentially bring a bit too much ego, a bit too much drama in, into things. Um Reading or trying to read between the lines with the whole Texan situation, it read or felt very much like he was sent home. Um, there were sort of COVID reasons, obviously not related to him, but it very much read as this is the official story. There are other things going on in the background that you guys don't know about. And I think Fish has mentioned or said words to the effect of stuff is going on potentially in his personal life as well. There's problems there. There's problems in the locker room and it's too much for multiple teams. We do we really need to be adding? Like I know you said, it's a bit like Last Chance Saloon right now, and it's looking quite desperate. But yeah. like the 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 main question I'd I'd have in terms of secondary, and as you can see over my shoulder there, I've uh, my my Jesse came worn jersey. He's got a jersey. Oh, it's not Otis. Oh, Jesse! I never even saw that man. An hour yeah. the show. The goat's jersey. All right. Yeah, the, the ghost. But um, it seems. I've got Randy White. Oof, there you go. Oh, it's a game yeah, board. Uh-huh. I don't care. <laughs> get, get Randy White. Get Randy White back in a time machine. There we go. <laughs> well, is is it a case this year that you know with Jeff gone, with Byron Jones go, gone, we just don't have a leader in that secondary unit? And was it a mistake to let both of them walk out the door? Yeah, I, th- I think they're definitely missing Byron Jones for sure. Um, yeah. I think, I, you know, I think Jeff was solid back there. I think he didn't get enough credit. You know, I think a lot of times people remember the Adrian Peterson player where he got trucked, you know, and, and yeah. that's kind of like the lasting memory of Jeff. Heath. But yeah, he was a solid player back there and he didn't, you know, they didn't have a, a lot of big plays in the passing game for the most part when he was back there and, and when they played that single high stuff, um, yeah. I, they value Xavier Woods as a leader back there. They really do. Uh, obviously the production hasn't been there yet. Um, and, and maybe I'm just waffling game to game because the Seattle game was more about communication back there. But after watching the Cleveland game, the thing that really stands out to me is that front, that front seven in terms of pressure, lack of pressure slash, uh, not being able to be productive enough against the run and, 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 and not controlling the line of scrimmage. And, you know, an Earl Thomas can only do so much if he were to come in here and he's not, yeah. but you know, that they, they've got other issues beyond that. Paul, what was that face, man? I wasn't, too, I'm too sure. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what type of face I was trying to pull there. <laughs> it was just like, <laughs> The name popped up, and I'm like, just looked at Paul, and he's just like, <laughs> I don't know how to react to that one. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what to make it like more stable. Yeah, like I think, I think going back to the weekend, I think Rob, one of the bright spots was one of your own beloved Texas Aggies. Yes, the performance of Donovan Wilson, who um, I think it was nine tackles he had, he did a sack mm. and a quarterback hit, and a tackle for a loss. So. Um, Ten tackles, in fact. I I, I was incorrect. Like, Giga I mean, Maggie's. Yeah. 
Like, I mean, for a guy who has been around the squad for a year to come in and do what he did at the weekend, like, I mean, he, he just seemed to slip in unknowns to any of us. And when I was doing the stats for the show, just saw the numbers are, whoa, I didn't realize that. Yeah, that was um, that was interesting because it turns out Mike Nolan told us that he's actually been getting a lot of practice time and they've been running some combinations there in practice and they gave him the opportunity after Darian Thompson, you know, sort of took a bad angle, I guess, on that opening touchdown drive and just got caught there too slow to react. Um, and they went with the change. And and one thing about Donovan from back at A&M to what we've seen in limited situations here is he's around the ball. He finds his way around the ball. Um, definitely wasn't perfect for him in the game, but uh, I think there were some encouraging things, like you said, Brian. And and um, I'll be honest with you, you know, I brought it up on the show this morning. Brandon Carr was the guy that stood out to me. Like, you know, if you wanted some help at safety, uh, why wouldn't you look at him in that situation? And ultimately, I guess they didn't see enough when he came in here for, for a few games. Uh, and, and they're going with a younger guy right now. And we'll see what that rotation is with Thompson, uh, who starts Sunday. Yeah. Um, trying to see if we have anything else. Like, I mean, well, I, go on, Paul. I was going to say, our, our good friend Lloyd was asking, does 7-9 win the division? I think there's a good chance of this happening. Man, that would be something. What do you guys think? <laughs> I would not be surprised. Anything could happen. Yeah, 2020, man. Anything can happen. It is. Yeah, you're right. 2020, man. We we I, just we just watched the Browns come in and play like the Cowboys used to. Like, yeah. Smash mouth, run you over. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, 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 have, I was the only person on our show to pick the Eagles to win that game the other night. So I take credit for that. I just think that they're going to they're going <laughs> to figure it out. They're, I, no, everybody just hates the Eagles. So nobody was going to pick them. Oh, so I I just, um, that's fair enough. I don't but care. I, they're, they're, a trash, they're a trash team. They're a trash franchise, and they're a trash fans. I'm saying it. I'm, I'm, yeah, no, hundred percent. I'm, I'm not going to repeat what I said at the, you know, the last show of the previous season because I'm not allowed to swear on these shows anymore. But it's just like Jesus. They are just trash. I hate them all. I really, really do. I hate them with a passion. They just give us the line, Rich. Man. No, What'd you say, Rich? They're a bunch of clowns. They're a bunch of clowns. I'll tell you I'm off the air. Line, Rich. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying it, man. I'm not Lloyd, saying it. Lloyd, see not right now. See what you started, Lloyd. Oh, it's just God, oh, Lloyd. <laughs> I, I hate him. The sickening thing, though, is like what Rob said. The sickening thing is what Rob said is that yeah, I can. I can yeah. see the Eagles doing it, and that genuinely makes me feel sick to my stomach. Yeah, like I, I think they're going to get it together. I don't know if they're going to win ten games, but uh, they're going to make it. it it's going to. It always seems like it comes down to the Cowboys and the Eagles, either in Week 16 mm. or 17, and I, I fully expect that this year. Yeah. Like uh, my own, my own opinion is six and ten could win this division. Yeah. Wow. Probably. Because I think I think everyone is going to take games off each other. Bar, bar the Giants, because they're trash too. We we, we love uh -huh. the UK Giants. They are great friends of ours. But we just continue to insult them and tell them they're trash. Hang on, hang on. Like Let me write this down. Brian <laughs> said... <laughs> Let's write this down now before the game. God. No, we're, we're, we're not on the pre-game show where I, where I give a hot take and it normally comes true. Too late. Too late. <laughs> but, um, no, I... Um, I I, I have one request in here. Um, 
And this is obviously from Mike Poland. Just keep talking about the Aggies. <laughs> goodness sake. Nobody wants to do that. Nobody wants to do that. <laughs> but... Um, no, I, I, I think we've we've actually ran over time. We, we we asked Rob for maybe a half an hour to an hour of time. We're we're closing in on an hour and fifteen minutes. <laughs> you know, I mean, this this has Not been bad. brilliant. But you know, obviously, we need to let Rob back to his own life and his own work, uh, which I'm sure Derek will be looking for by the end of today. <laughs> but, yeah, um, yeah, he'll probably check in with me here in a little bit, or Nick, one of the two. Well, yeah, uh, no, no, but I've really enjoyed it, guys. Like, uh, hey, there was a lot of ground to cover that game. My goodness, so yeah, uh, maybe about special teams, but what else can we say about <laughs> Let's not. Let's, yeah, I mean, I think to be fair, special teams weren't too bad this weekend. Uh, well, well, on the on the kicking side of it, anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at least that seems to be improving. <laughs> oh, just why? Why kick the blinking like a fourth? What was the logic? Like, try and be very quick. What was the logic? Genuine question behind trying to kick an, like an onside or a squib or whatever the heck it was meant to be in that situation. Like, why? Yeah, I, they were the trying first, to go deeper, right, Paul? I think they were trying to go right, deeper. Right. The first one almost worked as well because yeah. if, if that ball hit any of those players as a live ball, and it would have mm. been a touchback. But the second attempt at it, it was just That's a, what I'm all about. Yeah, that, that was a complete... Pff, I just, up. like... Yeah, like, as bad as they played, I don't get why you wouldn't try and just pin them back as far as you can and hope to God, because they gifted you throwing the ball for some strange reason. Yeah. Why would you not just, like, try your luck again and just see what happens? But I don't know. I agree. There was a lot of that in this game. Where you kind of shrug your shoulders at it, you know? Yeah. It's like, eh, yeah, 2020. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. we, we, we might have a winning comment in there in terms of Joe Thomas actually throwing a block for, uh, for Odell. You know what I mean? I think that summed up the game perfectly. Yeah. Uh, I was just saying earlier, you actually targeted the wrong bloody person. Yeah. But, um, I, say, uh, I, I can't yeah. remember. I can't remember who actually posted the video um, discussing it. Um, it was on Twitter. Um, oh, God, what's his name? Manny Ocho. That's the one. Yeah. 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 He brought he brought that play down all together, and he was like, oh, "Come on, what the hell?" <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. We need to let Rob go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Get out now. Get out no. now while you can. <laughs> <laughs> No, man, guys, I've really enjoyed it. I mean, uh, I, I love how you guys are helping, you know, grow the game over over across the pond. It's really cool. It's kind of the same. It's been a, a same effect uh, on the on from a soccer football standpoint over here. Uh, I'm, I've become a massive Premier League fan. I watch it every weekend. Um, and so I think it's really cool that it's, that, you know, different sports are growing across the globe. Um, and I, I just appreciate the work you guys do. It's a lot of fun. I don't. I don't want to offend anybody. I don't want to make any enemies here. We're all on friends this, here. We're on, all friends. It's fine. Even <laughs> I adopted Tottenham Hotspur. Uh, that's, Tottenham Hotspur, non-offensive. That's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, yeah. okay. I, I, Brian, I think I saw him. you're a Man U fan, correct? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so, yeah. I didn't. I, I didn't want to bring up. Sunday. I didn't want to. No, do that. Don't, no just, I, don't. Don't worry. <laughs> I. <laughs> Hopefully that might get our manager the sack scene as um, no one else is going to get the sack this week. That was wild. That was wild. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, but yeah. Uh, 
I didn't expect six goals since since Jose took over. We're lucky to get one or two a game. So yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah, it's a lot of fun, guys. I really appreciate it. Absolutely, it's it's been a pleasure to have you on, Rob. You know, yeah. Like yeah, since right. we reached out to you, it's it's been great chatting with you. And hopefully, we might be able to get you back on before the end of the season on this show, or maybe on one of the pregame shows with Mike and the boys over there. But um, absolutely, really like to thank you for your time. It was it was great having you. Hundred percent. Yeah, thank you guys. Be safe and uh, go Cowboys. Hope for a better result in week five. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And thank good night to everybody else. So good night from Paul. Oh, you almost forgot something. Of course it Just is. Paul, take it away. Right, so anyone that's attending to a Cowboys game this year, be sure to go and check out our sponsors, Cowboys Experience for the Ultimate Game Day Experience. Meet and greet, tailgate, and game day experiences. And uh, if you if you're, you can use the discount code UK Cowboys for a special package. And if you're in the States, you can call the number 817 1726. And mm-hmm. yeah, visit Cowboys Experience. Use the code, don't be a clown. Use the code. Get free stuff. <laughs> yes. Barry and the boys will look after you with all the free stuff. But wrapping it up, thank you to Rob. Thank you, guys. Thank you to Rich. And good night, one and all. Take care of yourselves. Bye, guys. Ciao.